Hey guys, before we start this episode, just wanted to give you a heads up that the song that I'm using in the background and to transition between interviews and discussion is a little different. Uh, it's a song called This Is Waking Up from my old band, The Healthy Portion. I'll play the whole thing at the end of the episode if you're interested, and then I'll put a link to our Bandcamp page in the show notes. So if you like the song, um, want to listen to it again, uh, you can also download the entire album from that site. But otherwise, enjoy this episode on Breaking Up. Like what? But that this was going so well until one, the other person realizes, oh crap, I have the chemistry, but maybe not compatibility. It damages your ego. It does a damage to your self-esteem because I'm like, okay, what am I not good enough? Like, nothing was wrong. Everything was fine. You had no reason to want to end it. Breaking up is my least and most favorite part of a relationship. It depends on like who. <laughs> it depends on what side of it I'm on. It can be so freeing. Right? When you're with the wrong person and you realize it and then you get to end it, you get to exercise your autonomy and walk away from a situation that's bad for you. You get to make a choice, control your narrative. Yeah, it's really empowering. Especially if you are in a relationship with someone who doesn't value you or, you know, where you've tried really hard and and it's just not working out or whatever. Or even worse, if it's just there's an incompatibility there Mm -hmm. and there's no real reason for it. You're just like, this isn't going to work. Yeah. You didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. We're good people. Yeah. It's just, I don't see a future here. Yeah. You could just value different things Mm -hmm. or they could annoy you a lot. (laughs) And it's really nice to not have them around anymore. Yes. Yes. Or if you're like me, you could get dumped for the first time in your adult life. And be a destroyed person. <laughs> I still, <laughs> everybody laughs at me for this. But the last time that I had a very one sided, proper dumping in a relationship. That sounds so bad. It does, it does, but you get what I'm saying. I, do. I was on the floor about it. I was really upset. It hit me really hard. I, it was a dark time in my life. And it was hard, you know, it's hard to accept when someone who you like and maybe even love doesn't want you anymore it's not just that they don't want you it's they don't want you around they don't want to wake up with you they don't want to share a life with you or have a future it's a lot it's a lot to process rejection is extremely painful especially when you're not used to it (laughs) It's very painful. And it's like the ultimate rejection, too, because this person knows you more than most people in your life. Like They know intimate details about you. And yeah. for them to say, nah, I'm good. I'm going to pass. That hurts. Yeah. It hurts so much. I mean, think about the stress people go through when they get fired from a job. That's such a small part. I mean, it's like a big part of your livelihood, but a small part of like who you are as a person. Somebody that's dating you, they know everything. Yeah. And they care about everything. And then they care about nothing. Ugh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it was bad. I'm just dragging you through the mud again. I'm, I'm, I'm traumatized all over again. <laughs> Did that experience, though, um, kind of change how you approached breaking up with people? Was there anything that you did differently after you went through that? I can't say no. Because it was such an intense experience. So... I might not be able to detail all the ways in which it changed me, but I'm sure they were numerous. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that then in turn, the way that I interacted with people and broke up with people was, was somehow affected. I can say that I didn't really get any closure in that breakup, and that's the thing that made it really painful. So I tried to give some closure when I break up with somebody. I mean, I don't know how much closure is ever enough, right? When you're on the other side of it and you really like the person and it's, it's, you just want to be like, I don't accept. But I, I try to give some reason for, you know, for why it's not going to work. 
Um, and certainly if they ask for some kind of feedback, which they never do because nobody wants to know all the ways in which they suck, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell them. I was asked to kind of explain to somebody not why I broke up with them, but kind of like how they could have been so off with their assessment of the relationship. And I didn't, I didn't answer that because it's not my place to now be your best friend, to tell you, to, you know, try to offer you some insight about this relationship and how it went and help you reflect on yourself and, you know, your limitations or, or our incompatibilities or whatever. I'm not, <laughs> I'm just dumping you, bro. <laughs> like, so I agree with you that it's not your place, but why isn't it your place? Like, why, why don't we give each other that satisfaction of saying, here's all the ways that you didn't live up to my expectations? So that's not what he was asking for. If he had asked, what did I do wrong? I would have told him because those reasons, I had those reasons. I couldn't actually answer that question. If somebody asks you something like, oh, how did I miss this? You can't answer that. I see. How can I tell him? I'd have to coach him through his experience. And that's not my job. That's your friend's job. That's the friend that you go out drinking with and you ask them, how did I miss this? And they're like, I don't know, bro. But she gone. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Here's a shot. <laughs> it was like a month. Let's move on. It changed a lot of things about me, actually. It was part of a, a, you know, a big picture change in my life. And a lot of other things happened. So it played, it played a role in that, in that respect. And you know, breakups will do that right? They'll fuck up your life so significantly. But if there's other things going on, it can exacerbate a situation. It can, you know, our lives are complex and that's just, you know, one part of it. So breaking up is actually very, um, it can be a very powerful thing. And on the other side too, being the person that initiates that breakup, it can change you too. It realigns what you're looking for in somebody because at the same time, you know, you had the guy who wasn't sure how he missed the mark so much you're in the same situation when you're breaking up with somebody you get to this place you're like god we are so wrong for each other how did i not see this the signs were there how did i miss this so blatantly and so that kind of helps you realign too you're like all right next time i go out and start swiping and find people i know what not to look for here's some qualities that i found in this person that i know don't work for me you know, you, you get to know yourself a little bit better, right? In knowing what, what doesn't work for you or what is incompatible uh, with you. For example, it wasn't until I dated someone who was like the least chivalrous person that I'd ever met that I realized I like it a little bit. <laughs> I kind of need it a little bit because you don't have to be a knight in shining armor, but the complete lack of chivalry is actually, for me, like it's ugly. That was something that I learned. Um, That's interesting because you're a little further on the feminist side of, of the spectrum. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't need you to open doors for me. I, I think I just, you know, I value certain things, right? Hospitality is a big thing for me, and it kind of always has been in you know my family and my social circles. Like if I go, if I come to your house, or if you come to my house, like you know, I immediately offer you a drink and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of, you know, this, my house is your house, make yourself comfortable, whatever you need. And so that's something that, (laughs) you know, was lacking, uh, with, with one person. And then listen, I don't need you to open the doors for me. I work out, (laughs) I can open a door, (laughs) but you know, this is Chicago. And if I am walking down a dark alley alone and I don't have to, because you could walk me to my car, just do it. There's just certain things that I think are common sense. I think if I had a female friend over and she, and she had parked you know, down the street, I would walk with her because who knows? This is a big crime city. <laughs> yeah. And so it took this guy that you realized that that's something that you needed. Well, it was like different people, but yeah, like I, I kind of, I, I kind of put it all 
kind of together. Each person ends up teaching me something about myself. Mm-hmm. Same. And you know, you you had mentioned that you know you've been in situations where you're like, oh, like how did I miss these signs? That's something that we do when we're really young because we just like a person. We've got all the hormones running the show, and we're not really thinking about long-term things. All I do now is think about long-term stuff. I actually kind of miss that like excitement of someone where I can just be blind <laughs> to like all of the real life things and all of the incompatibilities and just have fun because I'm at a stage where I, you know, my time is very valuable. I work like 80 hours a week. There's no way I'm going to waste time on someone with whom I don't have a future. At least, you know, relatively long term. So you're like skipping right past the sex interview and going right for the 401k analysis. Like, let me see your statements. <laughs> it's so funny Keep your that pants you up. say that. Yeah. <laughs> I have like, I have conversations about finance <laughs> within the first like two days. Yep. Because I want to know, how do you manage your money? It doesn't matter to me how much you make. You should always tip 20%. You can't sit there and talk, and this has happened where people have been talking about all the money that they have and all the fancy things and they drive fancy cars and then they're tipping 10%. I can't tell you there is nothing more unattractive. Do you know what I do? I tell them, I say, shame on you. You're supposed to leave 20%. Give that to me. And I change it. I'm not going to be 50% uh, of a table that screwed over the waiter. That's just not going to happen. Is that a deal breaker? Like, would you break up with somebody if that was a consistent behavior that they had? I mean, I can't control what they do all the time, right? Mm -hmm. It's something that makes them significantly less attractive to me. Because social contracts are important. And if you have all of this money and you're flashy and you have a BMW and this and that, and you're tipping 10% and you're like, should I, oh, I should leave more? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Of course you should leave more. It's like 15 bucks. Come on. It's nothing for you. And if you honestly can't afford that, you're at the wrong restaurant. Exactly. Go somewhere cheaper. Exactly. So, yeah, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that uh, I think women my age look at with a very close eye. <laughs> what do you think is like the dumbest thing you've broken up with somebody over? I don't think I've dumped anyone for like a very dumb reason. Because historically, I really only date people who I think you know, even initially that we have like a, you know, a future, right? So I've already looked at a lot of things. So if I'm going to dump you, it's going to be for a good reason, right? Because I'm not going to date you for a dumb reason because I'm definitely going to dump you for a dumb reason. (laughs) Uh, I've dated people because they're very attractive. We're all weak. (laughs) It's fine. You know, I knew that had an expiration date. He was very beautiful. And I enjoyed it. And then it was over. And I knew that it was coming. And we were both kind of like, yeah, we're not really feeling it anymore. And I guess that was kind of dumb. So it was a mutual thing, though. It wasn't like yeah. he did something and you're like, nah, this is No, yeah, no, it was, it was, he was not very um, smart. So I think I've dated people for less than stellar reasons, but it's like, you know, far and few between. It's very uncommon. My course load was particularly difficult. So... It was good stress relief. Sure, sure. Yeah, the reasons for dating people, I mean, at different stages of your life, too, kind of change. (laughs) The dumbest thing I ever broke up with somebody about, and it wasn't, like, the sole reason. It was just this was, like, the the feather that broke the camel's back. Sure. She only liked chocolate and vanilla ice cream. Are you kidding me? No fruit flavors. What were the big reasons? We just didn't have a lot in common. Like, we'd go out and just... Like, they, we never really clicked. Yeah. Um, and we had fun together, like, activity-wise. Like, we'd go out and do stuff, and sure. it was enjoyable. I didn't love her friends. Like, we'd go out with her friends, and I was like, uh, yeah. if this works out, I'm stuck with you people. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I like <laughs> that either. Which, I mean, that's a real... Va- the friends and family thing is... That's huge. Yeah. People don't realize, like, mm-hmm. oh, I just don't like her family that much. Well... That's going to be your family, yeah, potentially. Yeah, you you're stuck together. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was it was her, her lack of ice cream. Just couldn't do it. Wow. Couldn't do it. So what did you tell her when you broke up with her? Were you like, you're basic. 
your ice cream basic I'm finished with you <laughs> I don't think it came up I because I, like I said it wasn't like the, the sole reason I broke up but there was just one of many things sure. I think it was just uh, this isn't working out kind of thing I'm like I just don't see a future with us yeah and she was hurt she she did not like that and I actually I had some stuff of hers she because I was like traveling for work and she was like hey, I have this duffel bag you can borrow for traveling I was like awesome so I had to bring that back uh. and then had to like do the whole crying at her door thing oh my god that sounds like that dump, that guy who dumped me uh, that's so exactly bad. what he did it was bad <laughs> it was did really he, bad did he cry or did you cry we both cried oh I didn't cry yeah it was bad <laughs> <laughs> it was worse because I didn't cry because uh, I felt so bad about it yeah and then so you know I, I tried I was like the nice guy and broke up and well I think I broke up via text or said we need to talk via text or something but uh, like made the point to see her in person to kind of talk things through yeah I was so gun shy after that I think the next three girls I dated I either broke up via text or just straight up ghosted <laughs> I just I didn't want to be in that position I was so gun shy yeah I don't understand the ghosting thing either. Like, you either like someone or you don't. And if you don't, that's okay. You just be honest and go, this is not for me. I'm sorry. You're a nice person, but this just isn't going to work out. So thanks for your time or, you know, whatever. In a short time, you kind of invest. You're like, wow, this is a really cool person. And you're chatting back and forth and joking or talking about, like, career stuff or interests or whatever. And you think it's going somewhere and then you just stop with me and it's, it's I don't know. It's frustrating and it makes me upset. Uh, you know, I get frustrated. Well, I think people are comfortable with it. And it's easy for the person, you know, like, look, I'm just going to make the decision to separate and out of sight, out of mind. Um, I also think people can be self important of thinking whatever I say to this person is going to be devastating. And I'm not into them, but I don't like them. You know, I don't want to hurt them. And so we're not that serious, so maybe I just won't say anything. Like, there's just no reason to do that to somebody. It just isn't. Like, I know it sounds, I know, like, you're scared of emotion. Like, we're all scared of emotion. But I promise, like, you can do, you, even if it's just a text message, and then you never have to respond to what they say, just be like, I'm sorry, I think these aren't working out. It's been great getting to know you. Ghosting's the worst. I love it. You, it's so easy. It is really, it's very easy. It is incredibly disrespectful. Yes. Do I do it? Yes. Of course. <laughs> Everybody does. But here's the thing. I think some people expect it. I've been in like a mutual ghosting. What? There was what? Yeah. I is went out like- with a dude. This was a couple years ago. We went to like, you know, my local first day bar in that neighborhood that I used to live in. And it's weird because I had seen him on apps for a long time. And I always thought he was super cute. And I really thought that we could be, like, compatible. And then I met him. I was not impressed. Mm. He did this weird shtick. I don't know. It was it was bizarre. And, he, you know, he was still very cute. But, wow, we were incompatible. <sighs> and neither of us messaged each other. I think, we, I, think, I think we kissed or something at the end of the date. But that was it. Never talked to each other again. Never made an effort just gone there is such thing as a mutual ghosting and then is it really that disrespectful i don't know no and i think there's like a two date limit where ghosting in any capacity is is acceptable yeah it's like after the first date i mean if you never see each other again whatever you you met at a bar once and you had a conversation you don't know any owe each other anything mm-hmm. after the second date you're still kind of in that realm. It depends on how intense you get. Um, I think it has a lot to do with how in-depth you get in the conversation, um, how physical things get. Mm-hmm. And if you have sex with somebody... You can't really go. No, you really shouldn't. You, you kind of owe them at least the conversation. Yeah. Because at that point, you've built up some trust. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically. And you've shared something super intimate. Hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, what are the odds that you both think that sex is meaningless? Probably. It depends on the situation, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. How much alcohol is involved. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like someone always gets hurt when things move too fast. Yeah. 
it's like unavoidable. I would tend to agree, but I've, I've also learned through this podcast and everyone I've talked to that I'm, I'm a little more on the conservative side of things. Yeah. Me so too. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know how much my, my opinion of things translates to the, the world at large, but that's kind of how I feel too. You know, we're like nice Midwestern people. <laughs> <laughs> the rules are probably very different. This is true. Elsewhere. This is true. But yeah, I'd say in one or two dates, like you can get away with ghosting. Anything beyond that, and then circumstantially, anything before that, like have some kind of conversation. Now, up to this point, you know, you met on an app, you're doing a lot of texting. Uh-huh. Is it appropriate to break up via text? I went out with someone, I think, four times, and I, I broke up with him over text. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, we had we had a good thing. I just didn't want to do a back and forth about it. The guy who dumped me, he's over the phone, right? So, like, we Ouch. did. There was a little bit of back and forth, right, that we had. And, like, it, I needed that. There was no way he could have dumped me over text. <laughs> he actually wanted to do it in person, but I was like, I know what this is. I'm not... I'm not coming over. <laughs> you do this over the phone so I can ugly cry myself to sleep. <laughs> I know what this is. So I did it over text because I had a feeling that I was going to get some pushback and I didn't want to deal with it. So there's finality with the text. You could just say right. your piece and be like, that's it. And you can decide not to respond. If it's over the phone, you got to owe that person something. And you have to know that you owe them something. If you've been dating for three months, even two months, you got to do it over the phone. You just have to gauge the seriousness of the relationship and see, and kind of just figure out what you can get away with. <laughs> right? Because nobody likes to, to break up with someone. It no. sucks. Oh, it's terrible. It sucks. That's why ghosting is so appealing. You just could walk away scot-free. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to be the bad guy. And, you know, they. Uh, there's always something... On the other side, I know. I know now, since I have been there, it is not cute. <laughs> it was not my proudest moment. Mm-mm. I was a disaster human. I think people actually prefer text messaging when it comes to like just casu- casually dating around. I think people like that because it gives them time to process it too, right? They can look at it. If they're not in a place where they can deal with it, they can table it till later. That's a good point. The timing of the text message that you send to break right. up with somebody. Yeah. Don't send it when they're at work or if you know they're out with friends or. Oh, I definitely did that. Did you really? Yeah, I ah, did that. The worst. It was like a, it was like a Saturday night or something. I'm I guess dick. if you know they're know. already out I drinking. I don't yeah, know. you're already out drinking. You're already with your friends. This is a great <laughs> it's time. It's where you would have ended up anyway. Yeah. That is such a, specifically, I guess you don't want to text somebody while they're at work. Right. They read that and they're in the middle of a presentation or something. Or it pops up on the on the projector. <laughs> hey, this isn't working for me anymore. <laughs> You're like, uh, uh, ignore that. Yep, yep. I'll deal with that later. Excuse me for a second. I'm going to go die. <laughs> That's how it feels. That's yep. how it feels. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think, I think texting frees everybody up from like the immediacy of the thing. Right. I, I broke up with somebody. I didn't really break up. I was just like, I don't want to. I don't want to pursue anything anymore. We had gone on like, I don't know, like one date and he didn't respond that night. He waited like 24 hours and he wrote back, you know, something really nice. He got a hold of himself, mm-hmm. you know, he got himself together and then he responded. There was one I kind of felt bad about cause we dated for a couple months, but like she lived so far away and I just didn't want to take the trip just to go and break up with her. <laughs> So I did it over text, and it worked out. It was fine. But, like, I felt so guilty about it. I was like, man, we've been together long enough where, like, this feels like it warrants an in-person conversation. What prevented you from doing it over the phone? I don't know that we ever had a phone conversation. I'm not a Uh, phone person. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. Um, And it's not even so much that I don't like the interaction. It's just the quality of phone calls sucks. Yeah. And so you spend a lot of time, like, just trying to hear the person. Yeah. And it's a huge barrier for me. I don't like it. I wonder if anyone's done, ever done a FaceTime breakup. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I've never done that. Because it's sort of the, yeah, that's kind of like the inter- intermediate step between. What if they screenshot my ugly crying face? 
this is my fear. You don't have to cry <laughs> on FaceTime. Well, what am I going to do? Just well, not? Just... <laughs> All right. That's, yeah, that's, that's true, I guess. If you're going to... If you're going to keep the conversation going long enough to try and, like, ask the questions, you know. Right. Why you want your closure. Working? Yeah, you want your closure. Yeah, I guess I, I guess change. you would. I can change. No, I can't change. <laughs> hey, I developed this way to get, got, like, guys who have ghosted me to explain themselves. It's really genius. I'm really proud of it. Pat McKenzie. Actually, everybody can use this because it's doing a public good, but also patent vending. I'm very proud. So what you do is somebody's looks really good for you, and you text on me, say, listen, you know, I enjoyed my time with you. Um, I'm not sure if you're okay or not. Um, if you are, like, you seem like a good guy, and if you want to continue to consider yourself a good guy, you should really just tell me what's going on. I'm not precious. It's fine. But you can't be a good guy and also just ignore my text messages. And then what happens in these men's heads, I guess, is they're like, oh, no, my conception of myself as a good guy is going to crumble if I don't, like, listen to this person and just tell them what's going on. It works every time. It's amazing. Is there any going back from a breakup? Somebody calls you and is like, hey, I'm breaking up with you. Is there any way to, to convince them otherwise? Have like you ever object. heard of that work? Yeah. I, do, I don't accept. Yeah. <laughs> I think it depends on the reason, right? If someone is like, I'm breaking up with you because I heard that you cheated on me. And you're like, I didn't. That okay. person is lying to you. And here's, here's like proof, right? Yeah. If you're able to convince them that the thing that they're basing their decision on is like untrue then I guess it would be like a misunderstanding. <laughs> Isn't that what we're all trying to do, though, when we ask the person why? Aren't we just looking for that reason to be able to defend ourselves? I think you could be wondering what wasn't good enough for them, what they didn't like about you. Because when you really like somebody, you, you, know, you tend to like most of them. And you forgive a lot of things that you probably don't like. And you wonder what was so bad about me that you couldn't forgive it. Or you couldn't give me time to grow out of it. Or you couldn't just tell me that you didn't like it and we could talk about it. I think there's a lot of reasons to ask for closure or feedback or, you know, whatever. Um, Especially if it seems to come out of nowhere. Right? Like, you want to know, just out of curiosity, what what happened? Did something happen that I don't know about? Did did I do something that that I, like, that, like, offended you unknowingly? You know, what was it? But I have historically not necessarily been totally honest when someone asked me that. So I'm riding the hypocrisy train right now. Would you say it's more so just because you don't want to hurt their feelings more in that moment? Or you honestly didn't know? Usually I've like made my assessment, right? I've decided that like this is a thing. I'm not like in the business of changing people. I wait till I've seen them enough that I know what's permanent and what's a phase and what's you know, something that's been instilled in them forever, and is this something that I could potentially influence? You kind of do all of that analysis, and then once you realize that this is just how this person is, which is most of the time, and that there's, you know, I'm not going to change them, I'm not going to waste my time trying to turn this person into somebody else, you know, then you kind of just have to, like, pull the trigger. It's hard to tell them what's wrong with them because it's something that they can't change. It's only going to make them hate themselves, because it's been instilled in them. If it's mm-hmm. something like, oh, you know, you you kiss somebody else or you lied to me or, you know, there's some kind of deception, absolutely, I will tell you to your face and use a lot of expletives. But, like, it will be clear what you did. <laughs> it's like, no question. But if it's just something about their personality, like, what good will come from me telling you that the way you are is wrong for me? That's just my opinion. And that opinion is not your problem. That's my problem. The next person might love that thing about you that I can't stand. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's just subjective. Like you're cheap, right? Your parents were cheap. Your whole family's cheap. This is just how you are, right? If I tell them that, it's just going to make them think poorly of me. 
because the expectation is then that like I want you to spend more money, right? Which is not the case. It's just it's just me and my family we spend money one way, and you and your family spend money a different way. But like if I you know if I tell them that, no good comes from it. They could just find a, a cheap person also, and be very happy together. If I tell them that they're cheap, there's no like value that's associated with that. Like, I value you less because you're cheap. No, I'm not saying that it makes you a bad person or less of a person or whatever. It just means that our lifestyles are not compatible. I had a real bad one. And all I, I, I couldn't even express what it was. That you didn't like? Yeah. The, the best I could phrase it was, I don't trust you. <gasps> Which was a huge, I mean, it's a huge That's thing. Enormous. You know, we dated for a while and she was like, I don't, she's like, it's one of the things I pride myself in is that people can trust me. I was like, yeah, like I understand that, but there's just there's something about you I don't trust. Is it like I don't trust you to tell me the truth, or like I could never trust you to like no. run finances with me? You know what it was, and this this took me a while to actually like be able to articulate, which sucked for her because I mean this is she never got the the closure that she needed from that. Yeah, and I, I wasn't gonna like call her up and be like, hey, guess what? I figured it out. <laughs> um, it was the way that she treated her family, oh. and I was like, if you treat your the people that are closest to you that know you the best and that you know who've nurtured you so terribly what kind of future can I hope for from you like if you're willing to like yeah once you become family that'll be how you're treated yeah and that was my fear and that I couldn't sort of get over that yeah but I couldn't articulate it at the time and so she never got that closure and it still kind of eats I mean it's been two years it still eats at me where it's like but how do you say that to someone right it could be okay with the next person who's maybe also shitty to their family or they expect some amount of discontent once they kind of settle settle down together which is very sad but that part of her might not be viewed as horrible by the next person this is something that i recently have kind of run into a lot where um you're texting with somebody and you just kind of stop responding and then after a couple of days, they're like, hey, like, how's it going? Like, you know, how is this part of your life? And you're like, oh, I totally forgot about you. <laughs> uh, good. You know you forgot about them. You know that you're not going to see them. Do you respond? Or do you just let it ride? It's been a couple of days. You can just ghost them. You haven't met them. You can just ghost them. It really depends on where you're at because I had the same thing happen to me and I just happened to be bored yeah. and I was like hey how's it going <laughs> <laughs> oh you want to meet up sure first date didn't go that great a month and a half ago but we can meet for drinks again yeah and then we both ended up just letting it go but yeah I, I don't know if there's any rules about that I think that's just kind of how you're feeling I haven't heard any stories of people that have done that where it ended well I think that person's <laughs> just kind of looking for something yeah I think I just you know with my schedule is so varied that like some days I'm messaging and other days I'm just not and then I just forget (laughs) and there's a lot of apps and (laughs) I don't know that's a that's a you problem that's a me problem yeah I have a lot of me problems (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's the nature of dating so much as you just need to schedule your life better But this happens. It does happen. This happens to people. One guy, he showed up. The last time we messaged was three months ago. And he came back? And he came back and he was like, hey, I'm really sorry. I had some weird, crazy life shit happen. You know, I just tabled all the apps for a while. But I'm back now. And I really want to pick up where we left off. And I'm super sorry. No. No, 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 no. It was weird. And I was like, this is is the first time that anyone's ever said that to me. You didn't? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I said, listen, life happens. I, I get it. Don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. And he was like, do you want to meet up? And I was like, I'm really busy. But I appreciate you coming back around again. Down your list. <laughs> Which is what I'm thinking it was, is he just went back through his list. Because he probably swiped. And ran out of people or something, right? You you develop a long list. You do. Or you go through a dry spell and you're like, all right, where have I had success? Right. This chick talked to me. Yeah. Let's see what she's up to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
He kind of made his bed. He did. He did. He's just sleeping in it alone. <laughs> they usually are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to a colleague at work about that today. She was dating a guy. He went so far as to have his friend call her and pretend to be a lawyer saying that he was in jail. And she believed it, you know, she's like, oh, my God, you know, when's he supposed to get out? And she's like, well, we don't know yet, uh, but we'll follow up with you. So, like, a month went by. She didn't hear anything. So she called that lawyer back, and the girl finally admitted, "Um, yeah, no, I'm his friend. He put me up to saying that. Apparently, his ex-girlfriend came back, and she was pregnant with his kid. But we were like, why, why couldn't he just say, hey, you know what? I really like you, but this is a situation I'm in. What happened to, to being open and honest and upfront? You know, we're, we're adults. We can handle it. Tell me, you know. Don't, don't make some elaborate lie up just to get out of a relationship because you don't know how to handle it. So what do you think you owe somebody at the end of a relationship? Things have gone well for a while and then they need to end you know people toss around the word closure this finality that people need to be able to move on with their lives as the person breaking up with that other person do you think there's any rules for like what you need to give them are we only talking about a one-sided breakup or are we also talking about a mutual breakup what's different in closure between the two I think there's more awareness of the issue in a mutual breakup because you've discussed it. Okay. Right? So you already know. You're just, you're running the relationship into the ground. You're trying everything. You're, you know, if you're married, you're going to counseling. You're trying to work through your problems. And then you realize that, you know, it's not working. You know, even a three-month relationship and you both decide that it's not going anywhere. It's based on something, right? You say, like, we don't have a future because of X, Y, and Z. Or I'm moving. Or whatever it is. I think if if a mutual breakup is usually a well-informed one. Yeah. And the closure in there is a little more apparent. Like, you both kind of know it's coming and what your issues are. And you've tried to work through those issues. And there's just no... There's no moving past them. A one-sided And one-sided. You're telling somebody that's really into you... This just isn't working. I mean, you were assuming that they're really, you know, that they're really into us. That might not be the case. They might just be waiting. I don't know what kind of relationships you've had, but they're always into me. Listen, listen. (laughs) They're always into me too. Okay. (laughs) I assumed, yeah. (laughs) What do you owe someone that you're about to dump? I think if they've done something that's wrong, like actually wrong, they cheated, they lied... This happened to me recently. Someone lied to me and just continued to lie to me. It got to the point where it was like offensive. He came to my building to, you know, drop something nice off. Um, But then he said it wasn't him. My building has cameras everywhere. Why would you say that it wasn't you? Is it because I thought it was weird that you came to my building and got a little too close when I didn't invite you? That is weird. It's weird, That's but like, weird. but just say like, hey, I didn't know, you know, that you like wanted, didn't want me to, you know, come by, but whatever. But, but like lying about something like that, like if you're going to lie about something stupid, what else are you going to lie about? Mm-hmm. You know, you're definitely going to lie about big things because you thought this was an easy lie mm-hmm. and it wasn't because the doorman showed me camera footage of your ass <laughs> walking into the building. And I slapped you across the face with it. So like, you know, so don't lie. And, but, but there was no question. He knew absolutely why I said, I never want you to talk to me again because he lied to me and I, you know, I couldn't trust him. They have to know because you're upset. And other times it's just incompatibility. I think when it's something that's like a lifestyle thing, like, Hey, you drink too much or I would love it if you would be healthier or like work out with me or whatever. And that doesn't end up panning out and your your lifestyles are just totally different I think it's okay to just make a blanket statement like we're just not right for each other because it's usually not just one thing yeah it's usually a bunch of different things when you're incompatible right because if it was just one thing you'd probably work through it because you've got everything else going for you I think we put too much responsibility on the person bringing up to provide the other person closure 
I think we're in just kind of this age of like everyone's feelings matter so much. You have to be so conscious of how everyone feels that this idea that like, if you're breaking up with me, you owe me this warm blanket that I can wrap around myself to get me through this. Like, screw you, dude. Like this didn't work out. I thought you were one thing and you were not, or we're just not compatible and I want to move on in my life. Yeah. I don't necessarily, this is how I feel anyway. Maybe I'm I'm cruel, but I don't feel like I necessarily owe you anything. I think it depends on the relationship. It does. You know, we've, I think if you're dating for two years and you dump somebody, you owe them 10 warm blankets. (laughs) (laughs) Disagree. No? No. Because the reason that you're breaking up is because they've given you lots of cold, prickly things. You've talked about them, right? If you've been heard and neglected. I guess I'm thinking of all the the people out there that I've talked to that are just miserable. I never got closure. She or he didn't give me that thing at the end of our relationship. It's like, dude, you were a piece of shit the entire time you guys were together. And you took advantage of her. Yeah. You took her for granted. And she dumped your ass because she found somebody better. Or she just didn't want to be with you anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. She just got over it. Yeah. I mean, I think I've been villainized more than once, I'm sure, (laughs) by men who don't want to accept the things that they do wrong. I think you can tell a lot about a person by how they talk about their exes. Yes. When I talk about my marriage, I usually just say, like, we were just, like, really different people, but we were young and in love. Yeah. You know? That's fair. But, we like, we just didn't have, like, long-term compatibility are there things I want to say about him? <laughs> of course. I say those things to my family. I've known people who, when they talk about their ex, usually, you know, men talking about their ex-girlfriends, they're like, oh, she was, you know, horrible, and she was the worst, and she cheated on me, and this and that. Listen, there is one thing that I have learned in my 33 years on this earth. It is that they are incorrect. Mm you trust the ex-girlfriend because if she let go of him, there was a problem. Sure. Not to say that he hasn't grown since then, but if he's talking shit about her, he has not grown since then. Have you ever talked to a guy about his ex and he's like, yeah, she thought this, this, this about me and she was totally right and so that was a really healthy thing that she did. No, no one's going to say that, but they're going to say, you know, it didn't work out. We were just really different people or like, you know, we grew, we grew apart or they'll say something that is respectful of the relationship because that means that they have done enough emotional work to get to the point where they are able to be civil Mm -hmm. when talking about it. And that requires that, you know, they reflect on themselves and they're part of the relationship. If they're still, you know, oh, he did this and oh, she did that. And you know, like, I never talk about my long-term relationships that way. I tell funny breakup stories <laughs> because, yeah, because those are like short-term things. But if I'm talking about my ex-husband or, you know, my college boyfriend or, you know, men that I loved, if I'm talking to a stranger, it's, it's like a very neutral, almost clo- not closed off, but like it's just respectful of the relationship that we had. Mm-hmm. Because if you're still talking shit about a relationship, like, grow up. Agreed. You know? Yeah. Like, it just, you haven't done any work. You haven't thought about it. Unless it's something, like, some deceitful, horrible thing that brought your relationship to an end very suddenly. There's some involvement that you have in it. And it takes two. It always does. So, like, if you can't, if you haven't looked at all at your role in a relationship ending... You know, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're never going to move on and find someone who's right for you because you don't even know yourself. You're not looking at how you managed a relationship or how you handled a relationship or how you ended something with someone. You're, you're not reflecting at all. And if you don't reflect, you're, you don't grow. Yeah. And you just end up having the same relationship over and over and over again. And we call it a type. We say, oh, I have a type. That just means that you have no idea who you are. And you're just doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah. And like you said, you know, when you hear somebody talking bad about somebody, it's like, well, how long until that's me you're talking about? Yeah. And it's ugly. Mm-hmm. It's really unattractive. I think I learned that like on the interview trail. 
they'll ask you, have you ever been in a job interview where they ask you about like your current company and why you're leaving and they want you to talk shit about it? Yep. You don't. You don't talk shit about it. You don't say any, because it reflects poorly on your character. It does. So it's the same thing with dating. Yeah. There's a lot of overlap between your work life and your dating life. Mm -hmm. Um, In that same way where it's like, you want to use your past experiences, the jobs that you hated, that you got out of, the girls you dated, mm-hmm. that you left, to sort of get you where you want to go, you know? Build a successful career, build a successful life, marriage, whatever that looks like. Yeah. If you're not learning from your past relationships, you're never going to get what you actually want because mm-hmm. you don't know what you want. And so that brings up a good point, too. So, like, after the breakups happened, Um, whichever side of that you're on you've got the opportunity to kind of take some time and step back step out of the dating game find yourself and or hop right back into it (laughs) and I think there's arguments for both I don't know is self-medicating ever okay because that's what you're doing right you're self-medicating with another person yeah I guess it depends so after I got divorced, I hopped right into another relationship. Yeah. And that other relationship was really good. Ended up lasting years. You know, mm-hmm. it was one of the best relationships I was mm-hmm. in. So I can't say that, like, the rebound trail isn't beneficial in some ways. Yeah. But I also, I mean, it was a very, a unique situation. Had I just found some rando. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was someone you bar. knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And had I found somebody that I didn't know and was just like, I need to date somebody just to be with somebody, it would have ended disastrously. Mm-hmm. After I got dumped. Mm. The one time. <laughs> it's still it's still fresh. Um, <laughs> make, a, make a drinking game out of this podcast. <laughs> Anytime you bring up that you got banned from Tinder and I, I haven't I haven't talked about Tinder in a while. I actually thought about that <laughs> the other day. And I was like, I think we're, t- we're ready to talk some shit. As I was saying, after I got dumped, I went out with someone who I really liked. And I was a, I was a wreck. I should not have done that. I can't even bring myself to talk about how awful it was. Oh, no. I liked him so much. And I was... Uh, I was just not in like a stable place and he was and he was great and uh, like a couple months later I uh, I messaged him and I like apologized for being such a hot mess and he immediately responded he was like don't worry like you know I figured you had some stuff going on it's like you're fine you're totally okay you know I was like damn it he's so great (laughs) of course he would do that (laughs) I think I said once to you that like I felt like he was the one that got away Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, he's not. You said that if he was really the right one, that he would have stuck around despite my mess. Or that if he really was interested in me, he would. But I don't know. I don't know if that was the case. I was a mess. <laughs> I would not have stuck around. No, that sounds right. And I, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with apparently my initial assessment. I don't know. I still look for him on the apps. He's gone. He got scooped. Got scooped up. It was too good. Yeah, he's too good for this world. He's too good for this this dating app world, with us plebes. <laughs> he was too good. He moved on. <laughs> so yeah, the rebound thing. I mean, it it can work out. It's pretty rare, especially when you're in such an emotionally vulnerable state. You're no good to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Not even yourself. Just yeah. take some time off. Go see some movies. Read some books. Find a hobby. I think taking a break is is probably a good idea, just mm-hmm. because. You run the risk of, of bringing all of that relationship baggage into the next one. And that's unfair to yourself, and it's unfair to that other person, and it's unfair to your your budding relationship as an entity because you're not giving it a fair chance. You're associating it with a lot of things or things from your past, and that doesn't really make for, um, for like a fresh start. So it's probably best to take a break, but in that time... Uh, you know, spend some time reflecting on the relationship. Don't just be mad and wait for the anger to pass and then just go around talking shit about that person for the next, you know, five years. Think about what happened and why it happened. And if it was just incompatibility, then then that, that's, you know, that's okay, right? If you lied to them, if you cheated on them, if you deceived them or hurt them in some way, didn't support them, took advantage, like acknowledge that and don't do that in the next relationship, not just for that person, 
who you're going to end up with and you know you might hurt them but also like for yourself because you'll get left again we are not in a generation where people are stuck together it doesn't matter how many kids you have how much money you have together how many ties you have anyone can leave at any time and i've said that to men it was the liar who I said it to because I, I didn't I didn't think he understood like the severity of like what he was doing and I, I think he just is was used to not having any consequences and so I told him I will like leave this will not continue if you continue to do this we are not in you know whatever century you think we're in I'm not stuck to you no matter what I don't know if that really even landed because he just kept talking about how he wanted to be exclusive. He's trying to like trap me. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor pedestrian fool. <laughs> that which cannot be accomplished. So I think a good rule, at least for me, has always been post breakup. I'm usually ready to get back out there. Mm-hmm. When I get to a place where I don't need to be dating so when I finally get to a place where I'm like you know what I'm good like if I never find somebody I'm set that's when I always know it's it's a good time to get back out there it's really because I'm not then I'm not like reaching for something I'm not looking for somebody to fill in some gap in my life it's let's see who else wants to go on this adventure with me yeah and that's a place where you don't need validation Mm -hmm. and that is one of the biggest complaints that I have heard from women and even men sometimes that like people are really looking to get validated, you know, on these dates and by their partners and stuff. And that's not an emotionally healthy place Mm-mm. because your self-esteem is riding on the opinion of a stranger. You don't know that person. <laughs> they they might not even be genuine. And unfortunately like we're in a day and age where all of our self-esteem comes from strangers. <laughs> damn social media this is why I'm not on the Instagram (laughs) not getting those likes those those dopamine fixes I don't live for the like but yeah that's where people get into trouble where it's like I just want someone to make me feel good well that's fine for a couple dates then you're stuck with that person and you might not want to be stuck with that person and so it becomes this endless cycle get to a place where you like you so how do you do that you gotta go through the shit a couple times it really does just kind of take experience where you go out with somebody and you break up you figure out, all right, why did this not work? Take stock of things, find somebody else, break up, do it again. I think that stepwise process of learning about yourself with every breakup, you know, it eventually lends itself to, to finding, you know, the one, right? The right person or the person who is the rightest for you. So that's great. How do you get to a place where you're okay with yourself and you don't need validation? I think if we can answer this question, it would be like tremendous. I think so too. I think that's, that's big. I think that's bigger than the scope of what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, if you could answer that question, would you need somebody else? And then you've got to really find two people that both are kind of on that same level yeah to not complete each other but to complement each other right it's about sharing a life not providing something for someone else which is a different social structure than it used to be right marriage used to be very transactional yes um relationships used to be really really transactional and now they're not but i think it's important to ask yourself what you need to be okay with yourself so that you don't go out and look for validation from other people. You know, you go on enough dates, you burn out. It's, you know, bad for your emotional health. It's not going to help you reach your goal if your goal is to find someone. If your goal is just to have, like, a revolving door of dates, you know, power to you. That's a totally different game. But I think it's an important step, especially, like, right after a relationship or, you know, if you're experiencing dating burnout, to ask, like, what what do I need to do to be okay with myself? Do I need to work out more so I'm not, like, looking for people to, like, tell me that I'm attractive? You know, if I work out and I improve my body and then I feel like I'm attractive. If, if I constantly want people to laugh at my jokes, 
just go do stand up. <laughs> right? Like try to find that non-dating equivalent that turns into a hobby that that you can use to build up your confidence and like have a life. <laughs> you know? Right? Like maybe you'll end up being one of those very interesting people who, you know, I go on a date with and you know fuck up supremely and then look for you on the apps for months thereafter you never know that could be you yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think that's an important question to ask in in you know the times that we live in because if you don't get the likes and if you don't you know have the followers you're not good enough but that is 100 percent meaningless it means actually nothing you have to find your own real life validation that comes from yourself not from anybody else And if you don't think this pertains to you, look at your relationships. If you're in these revolving door relationships where you're constantly cycling through people and constantly breaking up with people because they're not good enough or they don't meet your expectations, at a certain point, you've got to look in the mirror and be like, all right, what am I doing wrong here? What's what's missing from this that I'm not able to fill with somebody else? There was an episode of Sex and the City, and, you know, I think... I think a lot of kids are too young probably now. I was say, we're going to quote a 20-year-old show here? Listen, yes, <laughs> yes. The main character goes to a therapist and she's talking about, you know, her relationships and, uh, and all the breakups and, and this and that. And the therapist asks her what all of those men have in common. And the answer is her. I think about that a lot. What do all of my ex-boyfriends and my ex-husband, what do they have in common? It's me. If there is a chronic problem, maybe it's something I'm doing. Maybe it's an expectation that I have. Maybe it's that I'm perpetually looking for the wrong thing. Maybe I'm not looking in the right place. I'm always trying to date the guy who I think I should date instead of who's actually right for me. But how do I know who's right for me? I have to know myself. But if I'm constantly going out and looking for validation, from, you know, these guys I swipe on and I have a date twice a week and, you know, tell me I'm pretty and this and that. If I'm spending my time being validated by others, I'm never going to know what my value is. And I'm never going to build that organically within myself. I won't have a leg to stand on. Because if you don't tell me I'm pretty, I'm not. Right? If you don't tell me I'm smart, I'm not. That, you can't live your life like that. That's a horrible way to live. It sounds exhausting. Right? But Uh, this is how a lot of people live. mm -hmm. And that's why they're tired. And they're, you know, they go on these dates and it's awful and it's boring. And, you know, they tell us their stories. But like, (laughs) and here we are. But, you know, it's becoming a systemic problem with people our age. um, Especially because of, you know, social media. But there's a whole real life out there that has nothing to do with what other people think. Mm -hmm. And everything to do with what you think of yourself and like here's a spoiler that is 100% all that matters because everyone else's opinion is their problem right when I dumped that guy that was my problem if I could have changed how I felt about whatever quality he had that I thought wasn't good enough maybe I could have been with someone great but I couldn't do that like I couldn't change that about myself I think we all have to try to think on a deeper level when we're so actively and superficially engaging the volume of people that we meet. These are still people. Everybody has their own like subjective world that they live in. They're like a whole person with a life and feelings and a family and a history and they're not just a person that you can swipe on and ghost. And the nice thing about dating is that there is another person on the other side of that. So you, you have that real feedback. It's not, you're not just interacting with the screen. There's a person that you get to have a conversation with that has real feelings that you can bounce ideas off of and explore the world and plan a future. Yeah. And watch your hopes and dreams crumble at the hands <laughs> of. Like they have this power, yeah. which is both scary and beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, and vulnerability is a whole other podcast you know it's so it's so significant and I've gone on many dates with with men who are clearly emotionally unavailable I mean just blocked off you'd need some kind of voodoo witchcraft to get through there and I'm wondering what am I doing here what are you doing here 
You're not going to get laid. Look at you. <laughs> You're a disaster. You're like a shell of a person. How are you going to get someone to have an intimate relationship with you when you have no, like, you're not doing any emotional labor. There's no foundation of self-awareness. You're just dicking around. You think we can't see that? <laughs> we see it. Sometimes we're also just dicking around. Right. <laughs> but most street. of the time we're not. Yeah. At least women my age are not. Well, I think, I think we've, we've covered quite a bit on, on the breaking up topic. Um, we do need to talk. Oh this, no! Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this you're great. Uh-huh. I think you're a wonderful person, and we we have a lot of chemistry. We have good rapport. We've covered a lot of good topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't know that this is gonna go anywhere. I don't want to call it quits just yet. I think we've got maybe a little bit more material that we can we can cover. Um, but I think I think maybe after three more episodes, we might. We might be done. Are you, are you breaking up with me? <laughs> yeah, I might be. Yeah, <laughs> I can change. <laughs> <laughs> you I can. can talk about other topics. We can do other podcasts. No, I think it's. I think it's best we just we just sever things. Well, okay.
I smoke the smell of you right out of my clothes Your presence lingers on, I'm glad it's not gone All the pain we shared, it lives on in this song One day I'll sing it to you You never listen to you It's darkest when the sun comes up of your arms around me I guess that this is waking up I'm dreaming that